0: Welcome to the Story Paths podcast, where we explore links between story and culture. I'm Theodore Lowry, your host. I'm excited to announce that, as of March 2023, I've released my first on demand creativity course. It's on Skillshare, nestled within a library of great creative courses. And if you're not already on there, I've got a link in the show notes where you can get a free month. My course is called Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas. In it, I guide you through finding ideas within your memories, working with them as symbols, and learning to deftly combine and recombine them into meaningful stories. There's a trailer for the course there in the show notes, along with the free link. Hope to see you in there. And so, we begin. I'm Theodore Lowry, and I like learning about stories because it helps me to see how entire multi-millennial civilizations are based on them. Today we're going to be talking with my sister, Phoebe Lowry, about one of the doozies, one of the big stories, the story of Adam and Eve. And she's going to be talking about it from a bit of a different perspective than you might have ever heard before. Welcome to the Story Paths Podcast. Myth makers, meaning makers, weaving grass into musical shakers, songs to cosmos, songs to earth. Songs for death and songs for birth and new from old and old from newly felt worlds that are ready to sow into grass and skyscrapers, meaning maker, myth maker, human is a giver and a taker. So today on our podcast, I'd like to welcome Phoebe Lowry. She lives in Calgary, in Canada, and she studied psychology, counselling, she's a light bringer, a spiritual practitioner, a helper, a healer, and she is a practicing Nazarene Essene, and for those of you who aren't familiar with that, she'll be describing what that is and getting into that in detail, and I would be remiss to mention that she's also my beloved sister. <laughs> so Phoebe, welcome <laughs> to our podcast, and looking forward to our conversation. <laughs> thank
1: you, thank you, Bob.
0: Yeah, thank you. Really good to have you. Thank you. you. It's,
1: it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to talking about this.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a subject that's dear to both of our hearts. Especially <laughs>
1: indeed, indeed, yes, exactly. We talk about this a lot on our own anyway. So today, um, I think it's going to be an ongoing thing, but today we're talking about the differences between the mainstream King James Bible that has influenced our society so much and the Nazarene Bible, which, of course, most people don't know about. It has only begun to be translated in the last couple of decades. Um, every thousand years, this book comes back out into the world and we try again and um, we're trying again right now. So it's only ongoingly being translated. So some people who read it and even myself sometimes kind of feel like it's as if somebody took the real Bible quote unquote and kind of rewrote it to be more, more egalitarian and more feminist and more earth centric and kind of more, more hippie. So let's read them together and see what would.
0: Yeah. And I I mentioned I've, read the Megillah as well, up to the point that it's been translated, the translation's ongoing as of now, and it's really remarkable. I mean, I wasn't personally so familiar with the mainstream Bible, except from just growing up in Western culture, uh, but the Megillah, you know, we're all familiar with the mainstream Bible and Western culture to some extent, Adam and Eve and Noah and these different, different histories or stories, myths, however you consider them. Or mixes of those. Uh, And the Megillah has like really different versions or different renditions of those archetypal uh, stories. And it's really remarkable because I'll just say before we get into it, um, you know, we were talking yesterday about this. And like Adam and Eve, for example, which we're going to get into in particular. is such a foundational myth of Western culture or, you know, Abrahamic culture
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it's hard to even look at really closely. It's a bit like looking at one's own childhood's story, you know. It's like when you grow up, it's it's so close, it's a little hard to see, even if you didn't grow up as a Christian.
1: And people... Yeah, and people look at it again and again. I mean, people are always going back to these stories, these archetypal stories, and trying to find different interpretations and trying to see their own ideas expressed and encoded within them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, these stories have shaped policy mm-hmm. in the Western world, in Europe, in England. Um, and Adam and Eve as will describe his shaped Attitudes and policy towards women's rights, mm-hmm. towards reproductive rights, towards all sorts of things. So, and our uh, relationship let's... with
0: God, our our relationship with divinity, and how we perceive the sort yes. of attitude or mood or intentions of divinity. <laughs> um, one mm-hmm. more thing I'd just like to say before mm-hmm. we jump into it as well is, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have reluctance hearing religious stories. Because there's often been a kind of obligation, uh, on, on the part of the speakers to, you must believe this, you know, like you go, a lot of us have a fear Mm. of going into a church and like hearing these things and not, not having the freedom to discuss it, to unpack it, to see it in a different way, to think of a cultural context, question it. And so I just like to put out there for our listeners that for both the, Mainstream Bible and for the Megillah that just to invite you all to to just hear this, you know, and you can take it on your mm-hmm. own terms, and you can just just you can it be something interesting. Um, you can consider how it strikes you. I mean, for some these are really stories to live by, um, but they don't need to be. for For is it, we have our choice, so it can be a really interesting things. So just you know, we can take what is really useful for us and. And leave whatever isn't, you know, that that freedom's there. And Indeed. for me, that really helps me to open. Yeah, up. Yeah, nobody wants to be forced off. to exactly. believe
1: something. Yeah,
0: yeah. So okay. So with that, I, I I'd like to yeah hand it over to you and talk about the maybe introduce the Megillah okay. a bit more and get into Adam and Eve. I'll I'll hand it Shoo. hand it to you to run with. Shoo.
1: Sure. Now, I think that to introduce the Megillah thoroughly, you probably need an entire podcast, but um, I'll just say that the the story of Adam and Eve and in, in this one and in the mainstream Bible are quite different and yet have a lot of similarities. The mainstream Bible version of Adam and Eve has um, God sets up a tree, two trees in the middle of the garden where Adam and Eve wake up, they're naked and they don't know that they are, they're in pure innocence, Um, and he says, the tree of life will make you live forever, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil will make you as a god, so don't eat them. And the serpent comes first to the woman, tempts her, and says, hey, look at this tree, why wouldn't you eat it? And it looks so good. And so she's like, yeah, it looks so good. She takes it, she eats it, she gives it to her husband, he eats it. They realize they're naked and they hide from God. And when God comes walking through the garden looking for them, they are hiding. He realizes that they must have eaten from the tree of knowledge. And before they can become immortal, he kicks them out of the garden, saying, first, the serpent You will suffer and lose your legs, as far as I can tell. Crawl on the ground and humans will always hate you. He says to the woman, your childbirth will be suffering and you will bring forth your children in tears and lamentation and pain. He says to the man, farming will be difficult for you. You'll have to till the soil and sweat and thorns will be in your way. And he kicks them out of the garden. And that is the story. And I was shocked when I went back and read it, how very short it was. It was over before... A few pages. It was was like just right at the very beginning. So um, now I'll tell you a bit about the Nazarene version. In the Nazarene version of the book, God and Goddess, is the first difference, have created the garden. The, um, The high priest and priestess of the Temple of Light in the sun have come down to earth, Sarah and Abraham, and they've planted the Tree of Life on the earth. And at the same time as they planted the Tree of Life on this planet, as emissaries of the Lord and Lady have done on so many planets, the young planet was attacked by Luciferian skyships dropping gourds of poison fire. But it was too late, they had already grown it, and wept tears of compassion that watered the Tree of Life. So the um, young Adam and young Eve are somehow awoken, the first of the two dormant bodies that are scattered throughout the garden. And they wake up, and there's the tree of life, and they're living underneath it. And for some reason, there's no guidance that comes to them. So they're left to wander the garden, and they hear a voice coming from outside the garden, a booming voice like thunder. And in the story, it tells us that that is Satan. And he is a mechanical creature. He is... A machine mated with metal. He's a cyborg. And he is of an angry, low vibration, and he is too dense <clears throat> to enter the high vibration of this beautiful garden that Adam and Eve are living in, so he has to shout at them from outside it, and that is what he does. And he shouts at them, I am the Lord your God. Do not eat from that tree. I am against you eating from that tree. I'd like to punish you, but you're too light for me to punish you. So I need, You need to become more dense. So what I'm telling you to do is... I want you to kill some animals and eat them. And that pain will make you more dense until I can finally touch you and then I'll punish you. And I don't know why, but Adam and Eve, being very young, innocent souls, believe this. No one else is saying that they're God, So here is this creature telling them that. So in order to destroy the garden, what Satan needs to do is wither the tree of life that stands at the center. It's radiating out such high vibrational frequency that it's almost like, protective bubble within which is this pristine garden of Eden. So what he tells them to do is to take a branch from that tree, to break off a branch and use it to kill. And if you kill an animal, all the pain and fear and vengeance that that animal is feeling at the time of its death will be in its blood, metaphorically, energetically, and very real in a very physical chemistry sort of way. And so Satan from outside the garden orders Adam, to, Adam and Eve to, uh, to kill an animal and pour its blood on the roots of the tree of life. And that would cement this young planet's path into a hell world rather than the heavenly world that was intended for it. And so the um, Adam tries, you know, he tries to break off a branch, but the tree is too strong. So he goes and he gets another branch. And he thinks, oh, this doesn't feel right inside me, but I must obey. I must obey the Lord God. So he finds a deer and he's about to kill her when a lamb steps out from behind a tree and says, no, 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 don't kill that animal, kill me, kill me instead. And of course, that sacrificial lamb literally jumping in front of a bullet for all of us is Yeshua, it's the Lord Christ come to offer himself because he knows that in his blood, will only be forgiveness and peace and tears of compassion. And that if his blood is sprinkled, it will, on the, the roots of the tree of life, it will still be a terrible thing, but it will not be a devastating disaster for our species and our planet that it would be to symbolically pour blood sacrifice, death on those roots. So he jumps in front of that and and indeed Adam kills him. And it feels terrible, but the voice of Satan tells him to eat some of the flesh, and that will silence the voice of conscience within him. So he does that. He does it, and he pours the blood of the sacrificial lamb on the roots of the tree. And he tells Eve that she needs to do it too, and so she helps, and she, she, eats, the, she eats the blood, and they feel terrible. And they fall asleep. And when Adam wakes up, his stomach is terrible pain, and his conscience is in worse pain, and he feels terrible. And where's Eve? Eve has gone back to the tree. Now, Adam goes and finds Satan, and Satan tells him, Now, what I want you to do is hold down Eve and rape her, because I want you to make a baby in a very violent manner. And I want that baby to be the first baby ever born on this earth. And Adam says, oh, well, actually, we we already had a baby because in the innocent time before we heard your voice, we were playing, made love underneath the tree, and a baby was born to us in perfect innocence. Well, Satan's pretty mad about that, but uh, they had left this baby underneath the tree when they went off to find a lamb to kill. And um, Eve had gone back to the tree, and she found... Abdiel there. And Abdiel was their baby, but their baby had grown up because the time in the center of the garden moves faster than the time at the outside of the garden. And this baby, in the meantime, while his parents were off being deceived by Satan, this baby born in perfect innocence, the first human on our world, got older and older and, and climbed the tree of life where the dove of Christ sang, beckoning him upwards, and the lamb stood at the bottom, helping him climb, the dove being, of course, the Lady Christ, the Lord and Lady being the foundational god and goddess of our religion. And they beckoned him up, they fed him of the tree of life, his eyes and his heart opened, and they spoke to him the foundational scripture of our religion, which is essentially everything, all about letters and numbers and shape, all about how to live your life all about the angels and the tree of life, all about <laughs> how to pray in the morning and how the months of the year work and pretty much everything. All the Nazarene cosmology and also how to run your commune. And um, Abdil became the very first priest king. So what it says here, so it was that Adam took Eve by the hair and pulled her down. He then held her down and entered her, not asking for permission and listening not to her words. And this was very different from when Adam and Eve had made love in the center of the garden. And the soul that was attracted was very different from that of Abdiel. Yea, the soul that incarnated in the womb of Eve was very dark indeed. Then I'll read, but Lucifer said, Now that Eve is made pregnant, I shall put her egg in this gird of glass, for I do not want this egg going near the center of the garden. Then Lucifer reached into the womb of Eve with a metal stick and got her egg. Yea, he then placed it in a gourd made of glass. So that's interesting. So anyway, uh, but Adam and Eve go back to the tree and they find their child is a grown man. And he is a priest king. He teaches them how it's wrong to eat animals. He teaches them about the true God and goddess. And they repent They repent, and he baptizes them, and they listen to the voice of Satan no longer. And that is the story, and that is different. You know, there's a lot of other differences, too, because Cain does kill Abel, Abdiel, but not until years later when he's been married and led the community for for decades and has seven children, who, of course, are awesome people. And instead of being kicked out of Eden for the sin of eating the apple— they get to stay in Eden because they've eaten the apple. And it is instead of Eve being the one who tempts her husband to listen to the snake, it is Adam who listens to the voice of Satan outside the garden, who comes and tells Eve, we have to eat the flesh. So truly the original sin of eating an apple, which never has really made too much sense to many people. I see a lot of theologians strain themselves into knots to try and make that make any kind of sense. but. The sin was not that God put an apple in the middle of the garden, made it super delicious and tempting, and then kicked them out for eating it. The sin was killing. The sin was eating of flesh, and the salvation was the interposition of a soul so holy that he could be killed with a spear and have nothing but love in his heart. And that saved us from becoming a hell planet. And I think that story makes a lot more sense in a straightforward way, but it also really takes the onus off the woman. You know, Eve was the one who ate the apple. Satan tempted the woman. Woman is weak. Woman is easily tempted. Woman is the temptress. These are narratives that have informed our culture for a couple thousand years and have really affected how women are treated. Another thing is the part about Eve coming from Adam's rib. Um, Adam says, well, then this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So kind of I own her and she's mine. And so women, of course, are subservient to men and have been thought of as such in Western culture. A third thing about the effect of this story on a lot of women in Western culture is the punishment that God gives at the end. He tells the serpent he'll have to crawl in the dust. He tells Adam he'll have to labor and sweat to farm. And he tells Eve that having babies will be horrible for her. And when, in the 1800s, they had invented anesthetic, and there was an actual debate about whether it was biblically appropriate to give anesthetic to women in childbirth, because God had intended that having a baby should be suffering. Now, the Nazarene religion is very different. We are a very egalitarian religion, completely egalitarian, um, between the lord and lady being exactly equal to priestesses being absolutely a part of our religion. Um, Up up until the very top of our order, uh, either a woman or a man can serve. Of course, getting married is okay for the priesthood. Um, Of course, men and women are equal but different it's it's the beauty of each person through reincarnation is absolutely allowed to be expressed in our religion. and of course, therefore we're much more feminist than the mainstream Bible. but even so the reversal of it I find to be interesting, where it was the man that was tempted and the man that fell and listened to the to the satanic influence i find that to be very interesting
0: yeah i also find that interesting and i i want to just put it out there that i don't see this as a kind of feminist counter stance you know like Hmm. You know, no, it was the man's an fault. opposite. <laughs> you know, no, it was, the, it was the
1: man's fault. It was the fault. No, it was the man's fault. men should be suppressed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. No, it's, I it's think not it's, like they that. were just innocent souls.
0: They're both really innocent. And also, innocent in the biblical version, tricked. I have to say, like, you know, in the biblical, the mainstream biblical version, you don't really get an impression of Eve as being like evil or anything like that. Or
1: a temptress.
0: You're a temptress. Just really naive and in in the Megillah version also they're just both clean slates practically
1: clean slates yeah they have they don't know anything at all
0: both of them but then adam is somehow a little less in touch with his intuition maybe that's one way to say it and it's it's hard for him to do these bad acts but it's even harder for eve which she does but it's, 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 she's, her intuition maybe speaks a little more strongly than his, although it's, both of them are very yeah, innocent. Yeah, pretty much it. Intuitive.
1: It is pretty much it.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's both of the, both of the stories in a nutshell, isn't that's it? That's
1: both of the stories in a nutshell. I mean, the, the other, the other most important thing I see is this notion that of the original sin being killing not of disobedience, and that the redemption, even though in this story, the redemption comes through blood, and we are literally saved through sacrificial blood, it also, in my mind, puts a lie to sacrificial blood as a tool of religion, you know, that that we're born into original sin, and that only by believing in sacrificial blood can we be redeemed from that sin. Truly, by ceasing to kill, by rededicating ourselves, as Adam and Eve do, to a clean life, to a, a life of harmlessness, to a life of service and, and and you know, spirituality, that that's, that's where redemption lies, in our choices, not in having someone else jump in front of the spear for us that's intended for us we were saved by that it was a terrible thing that was going to happen to our planet it would have and we wouldn't we wouldn't have freedom we wouldn't have forests we would be living in a hell world it is my opinion if the blood of an angry vengeful creature had been sprinkled on the roots of the tree of life at the very beginning of everything i think it just would not have worked out at all so i'm ethically grateful for that sacrifice and yet, it in no way tells me that sacrifice on my behalf is what is going to save me going forward. But my personal choices, repenting from having hurt and vowing to live a life of harmlessness, is, is the path to redemption.
0: And, and that option was really given in the Megillah version of the story, that option was given to Adam and Eve by their son. A deal, like he was mm-hmm. the say, he's the sage in the story that said, you know, listen, he is. It's not good what you did, uh, but uh, you can still take to a godly path, and here's how you can do that.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you can repent, repent, and 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 start again. And Adam dedicates himself to farming.
0: I've just a quick thing on that word, repent. Um, generally, mm. you know, that's one of these heavy words in Christianity. Repent. Um, I mean, I, I remember being in England and hearing like Christian preachers like yelling the word at people on the streets. <laughs> repent, right. Repent, yeah. repent, right?
1: Repent. I know it. It is. It's very much a angry word.
0: I've heard it redefined as. Um, Something like hmm? metanoia, change your mind, as my, my wife Jayanti just, just reminded mind. me, like change your mind. It's like you did something wrong, you know, I did something wrong.
1: Right. So I then
0: to see, that, the to, to see that, to see that, to get that, to let that sink in and there'll be some yeah. remorse, there will be some some difficult feeling that must be gone through. But that's not like a permanent punishment or that's not like once that necessity of feeling that remorse has passed, I'm not going to continue beating myself up about it. It's like that's that's part of seeing it. That's like that remorse is part of seeing the mistake, not just like, oh, yeah, I made a mistake, but getting it and like why mm-hmm. I made it. It's like It sinks in. Right. And then I have a change Still of heart, and a change of Repent. mind, a vision, and I move in a new direction. And that's repenting. So it's I like, like it. we, you know, to reclaim the word, isn't it, from this super heavy. Mm, kind
1: right. <laughs> just like atone is at one to be mm, to like Beautiful, back, yeah. Back to oneness.
0: At yeah. oneness. Atone. Yeah. Atoning. Yeah.
1: At oneness. I need to at one for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like come reconnect again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just want to put out there also that. These are myths to live by, and this Adam and Eve myth is very embedded in, you know, Abraham yeah. culture or, you know, Judeo Christian culture. But we, but at the same time, if we kind of see, well, the, she's not really that bad in the myth. So it's also like, uh, it's a, all us. A lot of, yeah, sort of it's a lot of interpretation. This, we of it well, people of
1: wanted it. to, you know, and I mean, then there's other stuff in the Bible too about the place of women but but Hmm. this yeah this place the foundational myth and the other thing is and perhaps we should touch on this in the next podcast because it's so major Hmm. is our relationship with god this angry punitive i know i've heard more than one person say well i can't believe in the bible what kind of a god would put an apple there it's like putting a brick under a hat and someone tries to pick up the hat and there's the brick you can't pick it up right it's like this, this God of the Bible is a real jerk because he would do that sort of thing. It seems like a trick, you know, and it does seem sort of unfair. And then angry, punitive, which also characterizes the God of the mainstream Bible, is this sometimes extremely tiny rules, sometimes not adequately explained, sometimes major things that people really do transgress about. And the... The angriness and the the punitiveness and the total lack of second chances, which has also very much informed <laughs> Christian attitudes and cultures.
0: I, I guess that that punitive outlook was embedded in the Bible stories, and then people in turn took it out from the Bible stories because they didn't come well, out of exactly. nowhere. You know, it was already those were already currents. Um, but, yeah, just to, just to sort of – in one way, it's kind of simplistic maybe, but one way to summarize the Adam and Eve story is, you know, God made the cosmos and earth. Yeah. yeah. God made the different species and everything, and then God made man. God made woman from man. Uh, God made yeah. this tree and said, don't eat from it. God yeah. made a snake, or I guess maybe it was the devil, and then the snake tempted the woman the woman tempted the man and then they were both damned they're damned by god and the snake they're both damned by god and the snake was damned by god also so you know it's kind of like wow it kind of seems like most of the responsibility lies with god you know
1: yeah yeah for setting up this weird situation and it happens again and again throughout the stories is that god sets up this weird situation and then people fail and then insane punishment. Yeah, and down. if God
0: were a parent, you know, I think people have made this comparison. Like, what if your dad, mm-hmm. you know, put made you a room, put a candy <laughs> in the middle of the room, watched you, told you not to eat the candy, but then left you alone in the room with it. And then right. you did eat the candy. And then he's like, you can never come in my house again. You're an orphan, you know.
1: You can it's, never come in my house again. That's it's, it for It's, you. it's heavy. Yeah. It's,
0: it's really, really heavy.
1: The in the Megillah, God and goddess are 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 there for you, but won't interfere. You know, it's very much made clear that it's a contested world, and it's kind of up to us. And that we, even though innocent Adam and Eve are, haven't really been told very much, it's up to them to choose, and they truly can make decisions. And the, you know, the Megillah tells us that it's a free will universe; that the great freedom has been given. To us, even to do the wrong thing, even to fall into the spiral of the dark path, you know, or to learn and to climb up, but that always helping hands will be sent and always those people who have made it, those souls who have made it up to the highest heavens will come back and keep coming back and teaching and reaching and pulling us up and and trying again. But that ultimately free will has to be preserved and we have to be allowed to make the decision for ourselves. And that means that others are allowed to trick us and that, you know, uh, I'm picturing this big clanking cyborg man with a staff of fire and a bunch of like angry army behind him and UFOs flying in the sky at his command, standing outside this bubble with a garden in it, shouting, hey, hey, I want you guys to kill. And he was allowed to do that, you know. He's allowed to do that. No one came and stopped him. No one came and said, hey, that guy's Satan. Don't listen to him. It was up to us to feel in our hearts. And we were given that feeling in our heart, you know, to listen to. That feeling in our heart is always there, but it is up to us. And that's the cold part. I mean, that's the like, geez, for those little mistakes, was this planet doomed to all these thousands of years of the contest, all these thousands of years of interference? Yeah.
0: Well it seems like that might be a good place to pause for our first. Episode. I think you're
1: right. I think you're right.
0: Yeah, so you've you've given a really good uh nutshell version of both versions of the story and brought out uh you know some of these main points and some of these main differences and especially these ones that really inform our lives and our Understanding of each other and of God. So that's you know the apple. What's the apple signify? Mm-hmm. Uh, what What's the deal with gender in Adam and Eve story? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> how does it inform our relationship with divinity?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we could say more about that, and maybe we can start next episode by you talking about about your thoughts about that. Because I've been talking mostly.
0: Well, it's an interview, you know. It's my the it's my That's big practice to actually listen for a while instead of talking, so just it's, it's talking. good for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like the big trick of point. having a podcast, you have to listen uh-huh. to other people, you know? You have to listen to other people, oh, <laughs> forget it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: That's why I've yeah. never done a podcast. <laughs> well, I will have some I episodes where I
0: just talk, you know? Uh.
1: Right.
0: Okay, so really good to talk to you, and um, yeah, looking forward to talking to you soon, it's been really it's yeah. been great. This is fantastic. Thanks for listening to the Story Paths podcast. If you liked it, feel free to leave a review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening to Story Paths, where we finger threads weaving story with culture. Before we go, I'd like to remind you of my new course, Creative Writing Brainstorming Story Ideas, that is now available on Skillshare. If you're looking for a playful, creative space, this may just be for you. You can find the trailer and a link for a free month of Skillshare in the show notes. And as we part, I send my best wishes for you and yours. In the words of the Irish poet John O'Donohue, May you realize that the shape of your soul is unique, that you have a special destiny here, and behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and eternal happening. And so we close.